Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sing it up, mister! Hey, what I say, sir, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. Get your hands in the air, sir! Yeah, and you will get no hurt, mister, no, no, no. I said, yeah, I said, yeah, what they said, yeah. Cheers, my brother. Yeah, cheers, mate, thank you. We're in Brewdog, <laughs> it's pre-opening hours, we're on water. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was maybe a bit too early for a beer on a Monday morning. It's October as well, isn't it? So, you know. Have you done it? <laughs> I've, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of doing it, yeah. Yeah. More just like stop drinking every weekend, you idiot. Yeah, yeah I've been yeah, doing yeah. it since I was about 15. It's not good for me, is it? Are you a, am I right in thinking you're a dad? <laughs> I am a dad, yeah. Girl? Yeah, little girl, yeah. Phoebe, yeah. So when did that happen? When did that? 2014, she was born, yeah. Okay. It was her birthday the other day, so October 2014, she, uh, she arrived. And being a parent, obviously, is the biggest trip I think you can ever experience in yeah, life. And yeah. a lot of my friends are now at that stage. How <clears> did it impact you? Um, everything really, you kind of, at first you kind of like, oh, this, this hasn't changed anything, you know, I'm still doing this and doing that, but then it's kind of when, uh, different, different times really, like, you know, you don't, you don't really go out as much because you've, you've got a little one to look after and then, you know, um, money, you know, you used to be able to go, yeah, new Spider-Man game, I'm having that, <laughs> launch day, yeah, and now it's like, oh, actually I could do with getting some, some food in and stuff, so you have to, you have to think, you have to judge everything twice, don't you? you have to, everything's like, you're not just looking after you anymore. You've got, obviously, someone else to look after. But it's the best thing in the world, mate. Like, it is, yeah. yeah. genuinely, when, when parents say that and you're a bit like, all right, mate, yeah. Yeah. I've been to Florida. But no, it is, it's, um, <laughs> it is the best thing in the world. Like, uh, you know, my little girl's four now. Um, she's smarter than me already. Like, you can have full-on conversations with her and, 
it's just amazing. We, we sat down and watched the new Doctor Who last night, and that's that's something I absolutely love. Is it? Yeah. Well, let's definitely talk about that real quickly because I'm not a big fan of the show, but I've been watching with interest the negative reaction yeah, to yeah. obviously a female casting in that role, crazy, um, which is in 2018 <clears throat> insane that people get still hung up on such a... To me, I guess it's the same with James Bond and whether yeah. it's going to be Idris Elba or not. It's a similar thought of thing. Like fans of that franchise in both cases, just in outrage. Like you can't, especially with Doctor Who. Am I right in thinking that the Doctor is actually an alien? He's an anyway. alien, yeah. Yeah, he's not so. a man or a woman. He's a, he's a, he's a time lord, so. <laughs> so if you can go through time and space and shift and do all of that, then exactly. surely you can change your physical form and not have a penis exactly yeah right. like you know people are arguing like that's the thing you find hard to believe yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that yeah people can't get their head around the doctor you know swap swapping genders and it's mad and isn't it i actually saw the other day like a facebook <clears throat> post and there was so much negativity and bile on there yeah and you and she's an amazing actress paddy's new film journeyman yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i've not seen it yet no, she's no. obviously the lead in that and she's incredible yeah and yeah. was it broad church she was, was in broad church yeah. yeah yeah i've not seen much of her stuff to be honest jodie whittaker but um I listened to a podcast that she was on, um, and she just sounds really nice. She's dead down to earth, and yeah. she's a northerner, yeah. another northern doctor. Do you know what I mean? Christopher Eccleston should have should have gone on for a good couple of series, but because um, he was he was freaking amazing. Can we swear on this? Yeah, you can say he, whatever well, you want. He was freaking amazing. I'll say that for now. <laughs> I've said it now. I've got to <laughs> yeah, um, and it's just nice to hear another you know northern doctor on there. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, you know David Tennant was very very northern because he was Scottish, but he played it. Which I didn't like, you know, he played it kind of, uh, it was great, but, you know, could have kept his Scottish accent, I guess. Who is your all-time favourite? It's got to be uh, David Tennant. Yeah? Yeah, really? yeah, wow. yeah. I, I, Only because I, I never really watched it until um, I was on a caravan all day. Must have been about, must have been about 16, 15, 16. And um, it just, it was just on TV, you know, when you've got four channels in a caravan and mm-hmm. they'll, they'll And you go and stir crazy with boredom. Yeah, exactly. It's raining. <laughs> Your mum thought it'd be a good idea to go to Rill. Uh, it's never a good idea to go to real, um, and uh, yeah, it was just on, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool. This is I've never I like sci-fi and that." Um, and then I'd, I was literally like, "What's this?" And my mum was like, "Oh, I think it's Doctor Who. It used to be on when I was a kid." And then uh, yeah, I just started watching it, and um, then I watched David Tennant. He was my first Doctor. Watched all his stuff, and then I found this was back in the day of like you know, what was it like? LimeWire and stuff like I oh, somehow yeah. found before like iPlayer and that sorry BBC and you'd get absolute virus central yeah, you, yeah, yeah 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 so I downloaded the series of uh, of Christopher Eccleston's and that um, and I, I really liked him as well but yeah definitely definitely David Tennant but yeah Jodie Whittaker's amazing and like I say you know I got to watch it with my little girl last night and that's great as well like you know it's it's inclu- it's always been inclusive I guess of everyone but now that the doctor's a girl, like my little girl's watching it, going, oh, this is cool, it's great, what a, what a you know, a, a role model for her, I think they've just exactly, released yeah. a Barbie doll now as well, that's kind of Jodie Whittaker's doctor as a Barbie, so oh, right, okay. definitely getting one of them for a light, yeah. Yeah, I think it's sweet that you can mm. sort of see the inspiration that something like that has on very young children, mm. and that surely is enough of a joyful, positive thing yeah. to outweigh all the online negativity. Yeah, 100%. But and there with, is a lot of that. Oh, yeah, loads. I mean, with that kind of stuff, you know, like, exactly like saying, you know, the fictional characters. I remember um, just Jack Fawn, who wrote, uh, some of this is England, wrote the Harry Potter uh, stage play in right. London. And with that, they did a, a similar thing. They cast a, a, a black actress as Hermione Granger. And it was an uproar. And it's like, it, it's never said she's white in the books. 
you, you've made her, and obviously the, the films uh, with Emma Watson, um, obviously she was played by a white lady, but it's a fictional character. She could, she's, she's, she's a witch. She's not a real, it's not a, you know what I mean? Like get, yeah. get your head around the fact that she can, you know, do magic before yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a, a race. Of her skin. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. And you know, James Bond's the same, isn't it? Like, um, if, you know, if Idris gets it, then that'd be amazing. Like, Idris Elba is James Bond. On your hand. So very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you all get that done when you made the film? Yeah. So the tattoo, yeah. Um, when, not when we made the film, cause I, I was 15. So that would have been a bit, that Shane would have been doing a, a couple of court cases, wouldn't it? Um, no, when we went back to do the series, when we did the film, like I say, I was young and um, that that tattoo, the 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 T I call it because I'm an atheist, um, was that kind of um, saying that you were in the gang. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of this is this is to show you're in the gang. Um, and when we went back to do the series, um, I was like, oh, I really want to get the tattoo done. And Shane was like, yeah, it's a good idea. Why don't you all go and do it as a bot? Because we, we did like a week before we started shooting. This uh, is for 86. Bonded. This is for 86, yeah. yeah, for when we first went back. Um, we did like a week of bonding. Um, and yeah, that was part of it. He was like, yeah, go and get them done. Um, so we all went to a tattoo shop. Most of the lads got it at uh, the cross on the middle finger. A couple of the girls got it on like the wrist. Um, Tomo uh, Turgoose got everyone's name on his on his ass. Everyone's pretty much just the, whole the words. Cast. Everybody's name. Oh no 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 no! Yeah, it's, it looks like the ending credits to, to an episode <laughs> on his ass. He's literally got like Andy Ellis, to outdo everyone. Andrew Shim. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. You know what Tomo's like. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's, he's full of them, isn't he? Tomo? He's full of ta- like random tattoos. His best one was he had uh, Stewie Griffin. Yeah, from, I've seen that. On his thigh. But he's getting it. He's getting it off, removed isn't now. It? Yeah, but when he when he got it, I was like, why have you got that, mate? He went, oh. You know, when I go for a shit, like, just makes me smile. Like, oh, mate. One of them instant regrets. In I did it, notice that in his young. car because he was wearing shorts when we sat down to do that <laughs> podcast with him. And I was like, is that Stewie Griffin on your leg? Yeah. But it looked like it was just getting done because it's obviously in the reverse process. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, getting no, lasered. no, it's been done. It's coming off. Yeah, yeah. The reason I ask you about that yeah. is because I feel like the politics and the, the themes of fascism and yeah. racism in This Is England are more prevalent scarily so now yeah yeah definitely than ever before and i hadn't seen i've re-watched in the lead up to this chat the film and all the seasons mm-hmm. and i hadn't watched them in a long time and the obviously political backdrop there is so you know situated around racial tension yeah and everywhere you go now in the world america and the uk particularly yeah but i imagine all over there's real like strife and divide and yeah it's scary isn't it i think i think because one thing that I always get from watching the series is the fashion stuff. That yeah. that comes back around. Fashion. So, you know, when when we did the film, the, the skinhead kind of fashion, um, you know, sort of 20 years later, you've seen that a bit more. Then when we did 90, like nowadays, yeah, the night's fashion. Yeah, you go to Urban Outfitters and there's feeler tracksuits exactly. and Elise and you're like, what? Unfortunately. That's coming back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all coming back, which is amazing. But unfortunately, <laughs> I think with that, uh, not with fashion, but a similar sort of thing is, um, yeah, like fascism and stuff seems to come around every every so many years or so. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's like one one kind of ideology, you know, getting very prominent pisses a load of people off, and then yeah. they start shouting louder, and then you know it, it goes it swings to the other side because they're shouting louder. And it'll be like that for a couple of years, and then you know the left will start shouting loud again, and it'll go back that way and and back that way. But it's such a, it's such a fucking shame, isn't it? Like it's 
it is horrible, man. Like, you keep seeing all these things. Like, what's his face who got um, into the Supreme Court or whatever? I've kind of followed it. Kavanaugh yeah. or whatever his name is. Um, you know, like, he, he's, he's, he's had allegations made against him for, like, sexual abuse and stuff. So is the fucking president. Like, we're saying that like that's a thing. You know what I mean? It's like... I can't remember the comedian, but I was, he was, he's a, a black comedian and he was doing this bit where he says that, um, you know... <laughs> One guy, a black guy, gets accused of sexual assault and he ends up in the big house. Yep. A white guy gets accused of sexual assault and he ends up in the white house. Yeah, it's crazy, and it? It's, it's white privilege as, as you know, um, which which is a thing that he say, like, I thought was disappearing. We think, you know, because it is a weird point in, in history, I guess, where you have got these these great things happening, like, like there being, you know, huge female role models, uh, you know, different races as great role models, um, I think it's the best time in the history of the world to be a minority at this point. Yeah. But then on the flip side is because these minority groups are now being hopefully treated better, a mm. lot of those people who still harbour these insecurities and, you yeah. know, prejudices are getting angry, aren't they? Because they're like, oh, my world's changing. Yeah, and it's like the world's changing all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I hate this whole, like the Brexit thing, because for me it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're moaning about how much money we pay to Europe and all this and all that and people coming over and it's like, we fucking ruined their countries. Like the British Empire, we're the biggest pile of bastards in the world, man. Do you know what I mean? And and it, it makes me genuinely like not very proud to be... I've, I've never got that anyway, me. I've never got... That how nationalistic someone could, sense yeah, of pride. Yeah, you're proud of where proud you... Proud of being a northerner. Yeah, or, yeah. Well, no, not even that, mate. <laughs> no? Like, not genuinely not. Like, because there's nothing to be proud of, I guess. It's just... I, my mum and dad happened to, you know, be in the be north. From a certain and, part of the yeah, country. exactly. Yeah, like I say, I, you know, I'm I'm lived in London a couple of years back with my missus. You know, if we'd have had a, a kid there, she'd have, she'd have been a southerner, I guess. But it, <laughs> she's not. She, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Like, you know, the, it's all the just world lines the in the yeah, sand, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, who, who who says that that's theirs and that's theirs? It's the people at the top who are just yeah. There's a, there's a funny scene in This Is England 90 where um, Tom's character, Sean, he's like, you what, I'm Scottish and you never thought to tell me. <laughs> yeah. And he's like livid about it. And she's like, well, I didn't see what difference it would make. You know, it just never came up in conversation. And he's like, oh, but you know, what? Yeah. <laughs> and it is that thing, isn't it? It's like, I definitely wouldn't be, you know, put out of place if I suddenly found out one day I was like Irish. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's a... An exotic new addition to my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. It's, you are who you are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You, you know, it's like who you are, not what you are. Isn't yeah, it? exactly, exactly. It's like you know, if you found out that you, you know you get older, and some people find out the dad in the dad, or the you know they're adopted or whatever. It's like, does that really change things? You know, well, yeah. I think some people would get really hung up on that. That's an oh, interesting yeah, one because I, I definitely wouldn't. It's like, well, if you if you're the person that's raised me mm-hmm. and you're the person that I have that relationship with, yeah, it doesn't matter whose balls I came out of. Do you know exactly, what I mean? exactly. I mean, I've got I've got stepdaddy raised me. You know, he's my dad. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's 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 done all that fatherly stuff for me. The only thing he he didn't do is he is he, he wasn't Sire there. You. Yeah, he wasn't there <laughs> there when it was unless you know unless they were dogging. But I don't think they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about your biological father? Is he around? Uh, yeah. So he, yeah, I don't really see much of him to be honest. No. He's, uh, he lives in London. Right, um, right. But yeah, yeah. So he was gone from an early age, and yeah. your stepdad's basically been. Yeah, you pretty much. Yeah, yeah. My my dad, my stepdad's um, raised me since I was since I was a baby, sort of thing. So yeah, that's. Uh... And brothers and sisters, you got any of them? Yeah, I've got a little sister, um, and then I've got a sister uh, with that. My real dad's got a got a little girl as well. Well, little girl, she's like sixteen now. Something. No, 
She's about 20 now. She's 20. <laughs> 1998, she was born. Yeah, she's 20. Isn't it weird that you still feel like everyone, like, yeah. Like How old are you? What year were you born? Uh, 1990. So 1990, I've just so you're turned, 30. I've just turned 28. 28. Yeah, well, calm down, Matt. I'm calm down. Putting two years on me there. Down, mate. <laughs> so tell me about growing up in your area and how somebody from that part of the world, I guess, um, finds inspiration in acting. Um, Is it through a local drama teacher? Is it through television or films that you watched is it just something that was kind of inherent in you you like to dress up and where did the acting <laughs> bug come from uh, yeah so so i grew up in um withinshaw which is south manchester um it was at one point like the the biggest council estate in the world i think it still might be my cousin um, was telling me this last night he yeah. says in europe it's yeah in europe yeah because yeah. they only have council states in europe or something like that um but now it's um a couple of uh different housing associations have bought it so it's not got that status anymore but it still is a council estate like but I, yeah i love it to be honest it's, it's was quite, it rough yeah man yeah yeah oh yeah definitely like when i was growing up so there's it's massive Wivenshaw's literally probably about the size of half of manchester alone like it's huge um so there's there's sort of different boroughs different areas Um so if, when i was growing up um i was from a place called new all green which is one side of the motorway and then on the other side of the motorway, there's a place called Bench Hill. And they were kind of like gang war with each other. So even as a kid, you know, being sort of like, you know, 13, 14, walking around down the streets, if I had mates who lived in Bench Hill, you had to be very careful walking around there. If anyone stopped you in cars and asked you where you were from, you had to be careful where you answered. Um, you know, knife crime was, was mad. It's um, uh, David Cameron, um cunt famously uh, sorry <laughs> slips out and say his name uh, famously uh came to do his hug a hoodie thing when he was when he was first running for for pm and uh that's where the, the guy give, flipped in the bird behind him and that and and uh yeah that that made the papers and stuff it but i i mean i like the place me like I say it's got a bit of a bad rep but the people are dead nice and um, you know what i mean there's there's a few bad eggs but there is everywhere isn't there? i'm sure you know oxford and cambridge and places like that i've got a couple of nutters um but I yeah. think it's really interesting and just to jump forward real quick, but yeah, not no too far is within this is England. Obviously, there's the dark undertones of, you know, the working class world yeah. that it's representing. And there's some really dark stuff that goes on. But there's always humor there. There's always like a, a loving, nurturing, familial yeah. community element as well. Yeah. So that was very much your experience of growing up in a. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like my next door neighbor like was. My, yeah. Like my next door neighbor was me auntie. Like things like that. Do you know what I mean? Like my grand's avenue where she lived. I had a cousin over the road. I had a cousin down the street. Like, yeah. Even though it was a big area, like the community, you know, some of them weren't even my cousins. It was just, you know, like, is it Peter Casey? Oh, he borrowed a drill once or something. Like it was like that, <laughs> um, which was dead nice. But yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoy going up there really, and I still live there now. I moved out for a while, lived in London for, uh, we lasted about 10 months, I think, me and my missus. Um, and we just missed it really. Like, I like going in my local and finding out what's, you know, who slept with who and stuff like that. I'm a bit nosy like that. It's brilliant. I do. Um, Tomo was telling me it. the same thing because he's obviously, you know, always remained in Grimsby, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think it's that similar thing as you can go away and do your work and you know become successful but then when you come home at the end of that working day or the yeah. end of the month-long shoot or whatever it's people that you've known your whole life and they still treat you the same exactly and right. they don't react differently to the newfound fame if you want to call it that or notoriety yeah. or recognition that well they do because they wind you up about it yeah let's get real someone knows that as well like, they take the piss out of it a bit but that's brilliant that grounds you do you know what i mean because yeah. you can you can get so lost in it and 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 i know actors who 
who've done that, um, you know, with upsticks and, and gone and kind of got lost in that life. And fair play to him, like. Um, but yeah, I think I think you've always got to have that kind of grounding, kind of real life thing. And I'm like that. Like I say, I'm a family man. Like I I know of, uh, since a young age, I've always known that I want that. I want to, I want to be an actor, but I also want to have a family and, and a wife and kids and stuff. So, you know, I don't know how you could manage that. You know, I remember when I lived in London, getting on the tube in the morning sometimes if I had an early meeting and seeing school kids on the on the on the tube did it for me and I was like wow like that's so far removed from like my 10-15 minute walk to school in the morning grab a milkshake on the way kind of thing yeah they've got to get on the underground and pay for a ticket and and navigate that and and you know the school could be miles away and, and whatnot and yeah I just I, I couldn't imagine having a child there and not knowing what their life is. Where, like, now with my little girl, she doesn't go to the same school I went to, but, you know, she goes to school not too far away, and it's similar. It's yeah. similar enough that I can go, I get her life. I get I get where she's at. If she comes to me with a problem, I can go, yeah, I understand this, because even though it was 20 years ago, I was I was in this same predicament. Nearly not the right then. Um, but I don't think I could do that if it was, do you know what I mean? Especially in a place Absolutely, like London. Yeah. Like, how do you... You know, kids, it, it's, kids a, it's a it's a mind spin, isn't <clears throat> it? When you see children <clears throat> basically behaving and having to act like adults from yeah, a very yeah, young age yeah. and negotiate those, and that happens. Enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that happens enough now, anyways, doesn't it? With, it does. With technology and all. And you want to retain that innocence for as long as possible, 100%, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And but yeah, the acting um, that came in. Sorry, we <laughs> that's all good. Uh, that's why act- I love podcasts. <laughs> tangents. <laughs> you can go anywhere, can't you? It's they great. make it great. <laughs> so yeah. So what gives you the um, you know, the fire? Um. So, for me, I guess performing came from... I had a cousin who lived in a place called Barrow in Furness in Cumbria. And when I was about eight and nine, he moved to Manchester and lived with my gran, with his, his dad and that. Um, they just up sticks and moved because it's a bit of a ghost town, really, down there, up there. Um, and he introduced me to, like, a load of... Like I say, I was about eight and nine. He introduced me to, like, a load of things that I'd never really seen before because he was sort of seven years older than me so I remember like he put friends on for the first time for me and I was like wow this is great like you know I've been watching Rosie and Jim what's this uh you know <laughs> falling in love with that with you know characters like Joey and Chandler especially like that kind of comedic um I mean they're all it's a, it's a comedy show but you know they're, they're kind of the standout kind Particularly of comedy characters funny, yeah. yeah exactly um you know and and watching stuff like that um he introduced me to hip-hop which has always been a big love of mine since since an early age um because of the storytelling elements or? because of the storytelling yeah, yeah like i like i you know i can't stand a lot of new rappers now because it's a, it is a lot of like mumbly stuff and, and there's no it's garbage, real stu- isn't it? yeah yeah it is yeah where you know <laughs> the but, old men but it exa- really no is. it is it when is. you compare it to naz you're like exactly man like naz i remember my cousin had dex and um i was probably a little bit older at this time uh godson uh he had that on vinyl and yeah, I mean, obviously that's not his greatest album, but it, it, I remember that sticks out. But yeah, you know, like, introduced me to all that, like NWA, um, you know, Dr. Dre, Eminem was kind of just coming up, because I remember saying to him once, actually, he said, just getting into hip-hop, and he's like, oh, so who'd you like? And I was like, oh, I really like that Slim Shady guy, but I like that Eminem as well, he's good. And he was like, it's the same, it's the same guy with it. I was like, what? Is it? He was like, yeah, he's just got, like, three different names. and Do you know what I mean? Like, things like that. So that kind of got me into that element because I wanted to be um I wanted to be a singer then I remember he, he introduced me to Space Jam um because basketball as well was another one um so I remember watching Space Jam um loving the song I believe I can fly 
remember going on holiday to like Turkey and getting up and belting that out on karaoke, <laughs> you know. And and as soon as I felt that crowd, I was like, wow, this is this is great. Like this is good. Um, that was it then, was it? That was your first sort of experience of yeah, crowd reaction to yeah, live performance. Yeah, exactly that. And then um, I got a little bit older. I wanted to be a singer. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be a singer. Got a little bit older. Voice dropped. You know, concert can't hold a note now at all. Um, and then, yeah, started watching Deaf Comedy Jam a lot with him. Uh, that got me into comedy and I was like, wow, like this is this is the shit. This is amazing. Love to give this a go. Still kick myself that I've never done stand up. Proper, proper kick myself. It's never too late. I'm 32 and I've only just started. Have you? Have you? I just did my third gig a I few saw nights on ago. Twitter actually, yeah. So, How did that um, go? Right. There's always time. Yeah, that's it. I always think as well with stand up, the older you get, the more the more of a kind of a well of experience you yeah. can draw from when writing, but also performing the material with pathos and yeah. honesty and authenticity. I yeah. think that's it. I mean, I did a stand up course when I was about. It was just before we did this, this is in eighty six, so I must have been about nineteen. And I still live with my mum. Sat all day playing Call of Duty. Like didn't really have much life experience and I did this course and I wrote a few funny jokes and that. But yeah, you're right. I think if I give it a go now, you like say kids, having kids and, and exactly. things like that it just gives you exactly. a bit more material, I guess. But yeah, anyway, so uh, did started watching stuff like that and then when I got into high school, um there was a girl that I fa- um I fancied. Um who did drama club. So I was like, she was in the air above me. And I was like, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. Go and, go and do drama club with her. <laughs> I remember actually the first time I went, I, I went to the wrong class and it was a dance one. And, but she was there for a ball, so I'll still do it. Uh, did that once, never went back to dance, one for me. Uh, but yeah, got fell in love with, with, with drama really. And, um, you know, did that from sort of the first year of high school and kind of, kind of, became known then as oh yeah Andy does drama you know what I mean he's he's he's, he's the actor um it was, it was is that of, because you'd sort of always be on as it were or yeah yeah like whenever we did sort of school plays and stuff like I'd always always be doing it I'd always do drama club and, and stuff like that and then um, but would you be sort of entertaining your mates in break time and oh yeah with yeah yeah impersonations class, mate, yeah. And bits and, yeah exactly yeah, like yeah. I was always the, the kind of class clown um uh so yeah you know kept, kept everyone kind of kind of laughing and stuff and then got a few mates involved, you know, a couple of, like, one, my best mate, Jamie, he's, um, you know, he, he started doing drama club and that a couple of, like, maybe a year or so after I started it. Um, and he's, you know, he's, he's he's been in Emmerdale and stuff. So he's, he's a professional actor now as well, which is pretty mint. Um, so, yeah, I just, I just fell in love with it, really, from a young age. Never thought I'd get to do it because I didn't know how. Like, I remember being sort of in school just doing it because it was, you know, it was a laugh and I enjoyed it. Um, but never really knowing or thinking that you could make a career out of it. Obviously, people do, but coming from sort of where I'm from, nobody really did. There was one lad who, funnily enough, was in my cousin's year, who I mentioned earlier, uh, Lewis McKenzie. He, he was in uh, There's Only One Jimmy Grimble. He played the lead role in that. Um, and then it, that was it. That was the only reference that he had of someone who did it, but he stopped doing it after that. Um, so, yeah, so I remember leaving... Uh, think like getting to like sort of year 10 11 in school starting to think about career options and one of my mates was like oh, I want to be a marine biologist and I was like oh what's that I love science and that and like was looking at that really looking to go and do that <laughs> um, you know study biology and, and get into that kind of stuff don't know why I'm terrified of the sea 
won't go in it for shit. <laughs> I'm terrified of the sea, and it's I think it's because it. the first film that I saw at the cinema was The Little Mermaid uh, oh, well, and okay. Ursula. I thought you were going to say Jaws then. No, but no, that, no. That's like a different... No, but I was uh... only about four, so it was, it was terrifying enough. Funnily enough as well, I'm scared of the sea, but look at what my phone case is. Oh, Jaws, Jaws. there we it go. It is Jaws. Oh, brilliant. That's, that took a weird turn, didn't it? <laughs> terrified of the sea and ginger girls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, I don't like this thing. It's weird, isn't it? I want it to be, re- yeah. Um, it's just, there's too much shit in it that wants to kill you. Yeah, exactly. And you don't, you know, don't know where know it is. Exactly, exactly. I'd rather, yeah, swimming pool all day. Um, so, yeah, and then obviously year 10, um, audition for a couple of bits. They filmed some at my school and used the kids as extras. Uh, they used the school as kind of the backdrop for an ITV program. And then through that, Michelle Smith, who casted that, um, was like, oh, there must be a load of kids here who are willing to give up their, because it was in the six weeks old, is willing to give up their time. So, chucked a couple of audition kind of things our way and uh, did one audition for this thing called Johnny and the Bomb. Ended up getting it, me and my mate ended up getting the part. So, we were buzzing. Um, but then. And was that like a film for television? It was a TV series. Right. It's called Johnny and the Bomb. It was written, I can't remember, someone's telling me it's Terry Pratchett, but I don't think it's Terry Pratchett. So, it was a book. Um, that they were turning into a TV series about this group of kids who um, somehow end up back in World War Two days, travel back in time and, and, and whatnot, and they have to stop this bomb from going off or something in their, in their local area. Um, so they end up getting a part for that. Uh, but then a couple of weeks later, so me and my mate got it, my best mate from school, uh, Toddy was called. And then a couple of weeks later, they rang, the Michelle Smith rang us saying, oh, they've unfortunately they've changed the ages from, say, 15, 16 was what we were, to like, 12, 13, obviously at that age, it's quite a big difference. Yeah. Um, so we were gutted, you know, we'd already in our heads bought like mini motos and that. Um, <laughs> still, I wanted a petrol scooter, I don't know why. My mum won't let me have one. Um, but it was my money, fuck it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we ended up not doing it, but she said always, uh, 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 there's another audition for this thing called Bulldogs, if you fancy it, TV series. So I ended up going for that. Uh, it turned out it wasn't TV series, and it wasn't well. It was called Bulldogs in the beginning. It was it was This Is England, um, which was which was pretty cool actually. Yeah, the, the audition for that was uh, it's a bit mad really. Went in the morning, did it, ended up getting a call back like for that afternoon, um, doing a bit of impro with Stephen Graham, who I did I didn't really know who he was then because I'd not seen anything. I wasn't old enough really to see anything that he'd, he'd been in. Um, yeah, it was. It was and were you auditioning from the get go as Gadget? No, no, no. Originally, I was going for uh, Harvey. Okay. Like, well, what? Who became? I think he was just called Bully then. Um, so it's just the scene where he's saying "You're dead, Dad" in the ashtray. That, but yeah, yeah. yeah originally in the in the the script, it, I'm sure it was at like a bus stop or something because it was all impro. So we got a little bit of a script, and then we had to go in and improvise. So yeah, I went in for for um, for Harvey, or who would become Harvey at the time and then Shane said oh do you mind staying I've got this other character if you'll read with one of our actors um, who was Stephen Graham yeah ended up going and sitting and doing it and, and a little bit of an improvised sort of audition with him um, and, and then, he was combo or <clears throat> yes yeah. yeah he was combo from the get go I remember the scene was we were kind of sat playing PlayStation or whatever um, and he he was our older brother's mate who'd come back from prison and he he started telling us about our sort of black friend's older brother um you know being being a bit of a wrong gun and that trying to put them ideas in our mind and you know Shane was looking for like where we went with that and stuff um and yeah yeah from 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 there really because it was all quite not tight-lipped 
think it was just very early. I was one of the first sort of gang members cast, I think. Um, so it was very early days. Uh, the script was... I mean, the script... I've got a copy of the shooting script at home, uh, which I found a couple of months back. And it's just completely different. There's a scene at the end where... There's a big fight on the beach between a, a group of yardies and a group of skinheads. You know, Sean stabs Combo in the sea. That's how it's like. It, it, that was that was what we had on, you know, day 20 of shooting. That that was still the ending. Um, it just kind of found its way through through um, improvisation and, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. To, to so is that really how the, the story formulated was through, in the moment, organic yeah, 100%. improvisational experimentation? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I remember... Um, uh, originally, Gadget was as a character wasn't meant to kind of join Combo's sort of little sort of separate gang, um, but on the day of that, like Shane was saying, like where you know you you think where your characters would go listening to this, not where you'd go, and obviously I'm a massive lefty, so I'd not go there. But Gadget is very easily led, you know, get, you know, in the scene. I think like you know mentioned like Woody kept always putting me down and that and stuff, so. I'd be, no, Gadget, Gadget joined this bigger, harder bloke because that's Gadget is is a soft, you know, big lad, but you know, soft. Um, he, he'll go with the, the biggest, hardest bloke to to, yeah. to protect him. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and 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 help him out. So yeah, if 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 you, if this guy's saying, oh, these these people are coming over here doing this, and that Gadget buy that shit all day. I think Andy wouldn't. Gadget what's, would. What's mad about that scene <clears throat> is that Milky almost almost yeah. joins up. Isn't yeah. that mad? Yeah. Sorry. Well, again, that was that was that was down to uh, to, to you know obviously Andrew Shim like fucking performance in that scene's amazing. Um, again, Shimmy said to Shane like Milky would buy into this a bit because he's not. If you listen to that scene, like he, Steve, Steve, uh, Combo's not saying uh, anything at kind of Milky's race. You know, he's, he's, he's explicitly, you know, talking about Argent, the Argentinians and stuff in, in the Falklands. And then and then stuff about, you know, the Asian community, which at the time were, you know, the newbies. You know, there's, there's that saying, isn't there? like, you know, whoever's last in is, is always the ones that are going to get blamed yes. for everything. In relation, I think I've heard that a lot to New York in particular. Yes. Yeah. Like, first it was the Italians, then yeah. it's the Irish, or yeah. the other way around, yeah. Yeah, and now it's, you know, obviously with American general, it's, it's Mexicans, yeah. you know, that's and, 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 and Muslims. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's again, going back to what we were saying before, that's always the way it goes, you know. It's it, it's the 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 minorities, isn't it? You know, that well, they're here, and they're, they must be doing something bad because we've not seen them before. And it's, it is, you know, it's a fear of that. So, yeah, going back to that, I think, I think Shimmy's character, Milke, was like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, my dad works hard and, you know, we work hard. You know, they've been here for a couple of generations now. Like, when he says to him, are you, are you Jamaican or British? He's like, yeah, I'm British, you know, um, because he is, you know. Uh, so yeah, it was it was it was a tough scene really to kind of think right where where would I we had to think as our characters because it's you know if we didn't you know most or all of us are, are genuinely you know nice people yeah. it would have been a very different film especially was, Stevens like the nicest of the nice right? yeah yeah exactly yes <laughs> Stevens so so nice man we we were around it as the other week and yeah he's just a he's just a lovely bloke he's just so far removed from from combo it's it's what's incredible about him though is he <clears throat> can access that dark. Yeah, negative physical energy. Yeah, so convincingly. Yeah, he's yeah, terrifying, isn't he? Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, for, <laughs> for when a he's in bloke. when he's in character. Yeah, 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 he is, mate. Yeah, and and you know, some sometimes you you get that 
mixed up as well because in 86, I had to have an affair with Stephen's actual real-life wife. The character Hannah, Trudy, right? Trudy, Is it Trudy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hannah, Hannah Graham. Blake and Crystal. Wallace. Yeah, yeah, all that <laughs> shit. And um, that was terrifying was for me. Yeah, because I was like, it's Gumbo's wife, this. You know, you have to get moved back and go, oh, you obviously, like, it's it's... Stevens, you know, and, and and does she act in a lot of other stuff? Yeah, yeah she's she does. done. She's done a few bits. What she did? Um, because she's a, she's so funny. She is one of the funniest, so funny. funniest people I know. Like when <laughs> when we we uh, like I was, I was saying earlier, before we film any of the This Is Englands, we normally have like a week of um, they say rehearsals. It's not. It's more just like bonding, bonding, yeah. and just what Shane does is he gets us there for that week and he just puts scenarios and ideas and things in our head that unknowingly to us will help us as as actors access our characters easier what so, a great way to work oh mate it's as amazing. an actor that must be the most fun it is amazing because rather than just here's the script stick to that that is gospel exactly so when we did the film we um we, we we'd never met you know i didn't know any of the cast few of the nottingham lot and derby lot knew each other because they, they'd gone to a workshop together so who would that have been? The Nottingham uh, Derby so lot. Chanel Creswell, uh, Jack Kelly? O'Con- who's Kelly? Yeah. Jack O'Connell, who played Pukey in the film. Yeah. Kieran Hardcastle, who played Kez. Danielle Watson, who played Trev. Uh, Vicky McLeod, uh, Andrew Shim. The majority of the okay, gang really of were, were from um, Carlton Television Workshop in Nottingham. So they all kind of sort of knew each other. Uh, me, sort of Tomo, uh, Joe Gilgan, Stephen. And say Joe Hartley were the only ones who who didn't really know each other. George um, Newton as well. Um, so we we didn't really know any of the, these people, and they kind of knew each other a bit. So what Shane did in that first kind of week before we started, sh- before any cameras started shooting or anything, um, we just had a week in in that television workshop where them guys went of just uh, playing really, not even doing anything necessarily to do with um, the film. You know, we were doing stuff like we had a talent show. Um, where me and Jack O'Connell and Kieran Hardcastle like made a little rap, um, you know. Uh, Tomo and Stephen did a puppet show where Tomo was Stephen's puppet. Uh, <laughs> you just mad shit like that. But what that does is, uh, and we went to Alton Towers. Um, what that does is, when we started filming, then we were mates. Yeah, we'd spent a and week. And that chemistry is real. We, yeah, exactly. So going back to what same, so we did that on '86. Another week of kind of rehearsals. Going back to Hannah. Um, and what Shane did then, he was like, right, okay, so he put us in sort of separate situations. So he's like, right, Woody, lol, you guys are going on a date. So here's some money, go to Piccolino's, have a nice date, um, whatever. Uh, Tomo, I can't remember what Tomo's was. Um, Stephen Graham, um, the cost- uh, makeup and costume came in, done him up like a homeless put, like he looked like he was homeless. And Shane just said, go and spend the day in Sheffield, getting ignored by everyone. Didn't look like, you know, you wouldn't recognise him. He had a haircut that time as well because he was doing boardwalks. So his hair was quite long anyway and and, and um, they, they did him up really well. And um, he went out all day um, being homeless. Like literally at one point, I think he said he was sat in a pub and someone came over and put him a pint and said, look, don't worry, mate. Like it'll, it'll all be okay kind of thing. And he, he felt shit because... You know, he's doing Boardwalk Empire, it all fucking is okay. And this poor bloke's just handed him a pint, like it was dead nice. Um, and me and Hannah, so me, Hannah, and the little lad who was playing her son, Adam. Um, he's fantastic. He was as well, brilliant, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> My dad's from London. Um, we had to go out and have a date 
uh, <laughs> but like a full day. So we we went to uh, we went out in Sheffield and um, we went to Pizza Hut. I wasn't allowed to have a full fat coke. Amazing. Like little things like like yeah, had, yeah, yeah. no, I'd order a drink and Hannah'd be like, no, no, diet coke for him. Like we, we were sort of semi in character, but semi not. Yeah. Um, you know, we went and took the little lad on some, you know, like the little fair rides that they have in, in high streets and stuff, like little <laughs> bungee trampolines and that. Um, but it was brilliant, yeah. But Hannah's yeah, fucking amazing, man. She's one of the funniest people I know. Like genuinely is. Um, Mum, shall I just? Shall I just? Because she's in the shoe shop, isn't she? she? Is, in the, yeah, in the yeah. film, and then she goes on and is just. I guess she's working in the wedding reception office, yeah. but she's obviously then just you know the the love interest. Yeah, exactly. Like Trudy's just one that character <laughs> that pops up. She's kind of like my little in watches uh, Peppa Pig, and there's a character in it. Have you got kids? No, you won't know of Mrs. Rabbit then. So there's a character in it called Miss Miss Rabbit or Mrs. Rabbit, and she does everything, every job. Is, is Mrs. Rabbit, every, you know, they'll go to the airport and she'll be checking him in, then she'll be on the plane. And that's kind of Trudy in yes, the This Is yeah, England yeah, universe. Yeah. Like, she's the shoe shop lady. And then next time you see her, she's, <laughs> she's in the wedding administration place. And the next time you see her, she's doing this. So, yeah. But, yeah, no, she's, she's, she's just fantastic. Like, she's just, yeah, hilarious. But, yeah, she's Steve's wife in IRL in real life. So, um, that was a bit weird uh, doing the sex scenes and, and stuff with her, I guess. Let's talk about that <laughs> sex scene hilarious and that scream that you make that noise that you make <laughs> as you're uh, reaching climax yeah is fantastic um again with us with a scene like that well i guess we could ask this question with any scene is it largely down to just you and whoever else is in the scene to take the reins as it were does shane feel like he's done a lot of the the groundwork at that point and then yeah. does he kind of let you just feel it out and yeah well i mean in them earliest it's <clears throat> the first two episodes of 86 um was a different director. Okay. Um, so Shane was uh, getting married at the time. So so it was, um, it was, uh, yeah, she, like say Shane had put them ideas it, it, and stuff in our heads. But yeah, again, yeah, it was it was very improvisational, uh, improvisational based. Um, you know, we, we, we got to just play, which is every Did actor. you improvise the National Front misspelling? Yeah, I've yeah, I've seen the yeah. show however many times, and I only noticed that the first time the other week, and you spell it, yeah, N-A-S-H-I-L. Yeah, National Front. National Front. Yeah, yeah. Again, Gadget, do you know what I mean? He wouldn't know how to spell the word National. It's National, so it must be National. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That kind of that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that, actually. Spraying that. Yeah, it's um yeah, most of the stuff, like I say, majority of the T V show and the film is is improvised. There's a script that's very it's it's more like a backbone. It's more like this is this is the order of events, how we get there and stuff's, you know, different. The film was a bit more freer in terms of the film was, yeah. I guess because he had more creative control. Over yeah, that, he didn't it? have sort of Channel Four. Yeah. Um, but even with that, like you know, yeah, the film was more free. We, 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 like I say, the the script I've got, the shooting script, is completely. It's a different film. You, could, I could go out now and make that film. All I'd need to do is change characters' names, and you'd watch it and go, "Oh, I've never seen this before." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. watch this England twenty times, it's very different. Um, but yeah, the TV series, it obviously we'd be in Channel 4. We, we still improvised everything. The scenes were there and we just improvised around them. Um, but he still had the freedom. I remember when we filmed Ninta and we filmed the... Um, there's an a episode where we all go to this mad kind of like 
rave in the woods. Of course, yeah. And um, well, that... one of my favourite scenes, which we'll talk about in a second, is the scene with you and Kelly the next morning. Oh yeah, mate, that was like <laughs> it was. It's one of the, the 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 best things I've ever done, man. Like I just, I just, yeah. It was. I mean, it was. It was a ball eight behind scenes. It was. Uh, I, I've I've got a fever. My my eyes <laughs> right. were all dead, bloodshot from 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 the um, pollen and that. Um, and we'd not had much sleep because we'd filmed all the other stuff. But no, man, like Chanel Creswell in that absolutely just nails it, man. And and it was really nice, really nice little scene. Because me and Chanel are quite pale anyway. Um, we we love winding each other up and stuff. And in a sense, we are. Everyone is kind of a, a, a an echo of their character. I think. Of, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it was just really nice to to have that kind of because Gadget don't get much of that. Well, um, I was going to say to you the. The reason he's kind of there for the film 86 and 88 is really comic light relief. Yeah, yeah. For the large part. And don't get me wrong, it's integral, mm-hmm. but it's very much like a, ah, oh, there's you know, that moment of, yeah. I can actually breathe a sigh of relief and have a little chuckle. Um, but with This Is England 90, with that entire series, there's so many scenes that you get. There's the fight with Harvey yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, there's the, obviously the, the morning after that horrible scene. But mm-hmm. then there's also on the, the clifftop, on the bench when it's... When I finally meet her again, yeah. And yeah. Um, Tomo's obviously <clears throat> Sean, the character's there with you as well. And all of those scenes are pretty pretty heavy, and aren't they? And yeah, yeah. Again, uh, what Shane does is he is he, know, he knows us now. You know, we've been, we've been working together for sort of 10 plus years. And um, I think it is very, he's very clever. The guy's a genius. Like, that's not even just saying it as, as you know, licking his bum or anything. He is a genius. Um and he, he he knows how to kind of lean on us and where he can and that and so at the time of that so gadget and and, and kelly have always had this there's it's always been in the background i think in 86 it's mentioned that he's he, kind of in love with her yeah right? he's like yeah. Oh, i love her i should leave trudy for her or whatever but you never really see it in 88 you never really see anything and then when it gets 90 because they've already been sown it's, it's already there and the way that um we kind of got to, to, to me and Shane sort of discuss sort of playing the character, um, was was caring was more not when it comes to Kelly is, I think he's not he, he loves her and he wants to be with her but, I think in his head he's he, he thinks he's never gonna, but he'll always be there for her because he's he, he cares for her, and at the time I was <clears throat> my missus was was pregnant with my little girl, and um, so I was about to become a father so, I was naturally, going through this kind of phase you know not phase but i was kind of going through this these emotions of, of right i'm gonna I'm, i knew i was having a girl as well so you know I was, I was becoming a father i'm gonna have to look after this little girl for the rest of her life and i put that into right okay what if this was you know forget fancy and keller what you know it's a it's, this girl is hurt and damaged and and you know playing gadget along the lines of like wanting to just look after her with no other kind of you know Motive. Motive than she's her. my friend and I love this girl and I want to look after her. Do you know what I mean? You know, if she ends up getting with someone who's mint, then that's his best possible outcome. Um, and yeah, yeah. So it was, it was it was really nice to kind of get to play that as well. Because like I say, normally Gadget is the comic relief and that's great because I love that. I love I love playing the comedy, but I do like, as an actor, I getting love getting some that. meaty drama. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you sit and you watch, obviously... 
you know, the other guys getting it, and you're like, wow, that's amazing, that's great, and I, you know, I'd love to get a bit, do a bit of that. And um, yeah, it's, it's nice when you get to do it as well, and you know, it's a different, it's a different feeling that you that that you get from it. You know, I mean, I remember some of them having to come away and just like go home and cuddle my girlfriend. Like there was one in '88 where the gang confront Woody again on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and um, basically during '88 we weren't allowed to uh, go and see Joe outside of film, outside of film or anything. We had a bar on scene Joe we had to exclude him so it felt real so when we met him that, that first time we kind of the first time we'd seen him since like the read for him and um, we filmed that scene and as soon as we finished filming it was so like gut wrenching and for us and as soon as we finished filming it we all went back to a pub Shane was like come on we're all going to have a drink at the pub and he was like right the bar's lifted now you can you can see Joe as much as you want like go and have fun with him Joe's such a fucking pleasure to be around anyway he's a lovely bloke Everyone was buzzing, yeah, yeah, we'll go out, we'll go, we'll go out, we'll go into town, we'll go into Sheffield, do whatever. And I just turned around to like to, to Shane and I was like, I'm just going to go back to Manchester if that's all right. I just want to go home and cuddle my missus. Like, it got to me. It was yeah. the first time it did. And then obviously going on to 90 and doing them kind of bigger scenes with Kelly and that, like, yeah, man, it just you just have to go home and spend a bit of time time to yourself and just be like, wow, it, it really gets to you. Do you know what I mean? Which is great. That's when you know that you've acted. You know what well, I mean? Paddy calls it riding the low, doesn't he? Yes. I'm not sure he came up with the term, yeah. but it's his band's name, that yeah, as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the concept, isn't it? Is you're sort of absolutely drained. Yeah. You felt like you've been in the ringer. <laughs> you do, mate, yeah. you do. It, you, you you genuinely do. I mean it's it's exhausting. I sometimes you do jobs like sort of low budget jobs and that. It might sound a bit deaverish, but sometimes they're like, Oh, you know, do you mind sharing a room? And it's like, oh, it's the worst thing in the world for me because I, I'm very sociable, but I like to just, especially when I'm working, like acting that, you just need to go home and, and ride that low on your own. You just need to go and sit and like, you know, watch some shit TV and just like get out of that headspace because it, it can be dangerous. You know, look at, you know, your, your, your Heath Ledgers and stuff. It can be dangerous, you know, riding that low and, yep. and, and staying in that headspace and, and stuff because it can affect you. You know what I mean? You, you, you're essentially, your brain don't really know what's going on. You know, you've got a, a, a to you know a, a thousand, couple of thousand year old brain in there that's like I was gonna say two thousand year old brain and that's that's wrong in it your brain still nest your brain is still you know caveman brain it don't understand that that emotion was was fake for a bit it, in your head you're like me that was I felt sad then for a good couple of hours over and over again crying yeah. over and over again yeah it just drains you just afterwards it's just like god and then it's worse if you you know your next scene you've got to be like hey catch it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> let me ask you this the costumes the evolution of gadgets look over the course of the <clears throat> film and the three seasons is well i mean the whole fashion element yeah. is just so well done and you know i think the the other character, Smell, has some incredible costumes. Yeah, she does, yeah. Um, but particularly 88, when you've got that kind of perm thing God, going on, the little yeah. moustache. Who is the the brainchild behind all the costumes, and in your case, your own? Um, so it's a bit, so obviously the film, everyone was skinhead, so so that was obviously from Shane's kind of childhood. And that. Yeah. When we went to do 86, um, Shane kind of came to me and went, look, I've got two ideas. He's like, Gadget and Harvey now are going to be best mates, um, and... Harvey's very kind of like cool kind of flock of seagulls kind of yeah. kind of look which I didn't have a clue they were at the time <laughs> um, and Shane was like you know you could be trying that I want you to be a bit shit but you could be trying that look with him or 
what about sort of 1986 hip hop starting to, I went, yeah, yeah. Whatever you're going to say next, yeah. Because of my, I remember when I went audition for the film, I I genuinely think one of the biggest parts I was cast in it, um, because it's about subcultures. I went literally to my audition in the film, I had a Chicago Bulls top on, baggy shorts, like big sort of basketball shoes. I was a big lad. I had no, no, no reason to be dressed like a basketballer. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like five foot ten. You know what I mean? Like big lad. I'm not going to be a basketballer. Um, and, and I think Shane saw that and was like, oh, this kid is, is a part of a subculture, so we'll get this. And I, and I did. Um, so, yeah, so 86, he, he turned around to me and he was like, yeah, do, do you fancy doing the... Um, do you fancy doing the, the, the hip-hop thing? And I was like, yeah, definitely. And Steve Graham's a big hip-hop head. Um, and he, he put me onto a load of bands and stuff like that. So so we kind of found that outfit together, really, and, and, and stuff with sort of me, Stephen, and Shane, and, and, and the costume department. And then 86, 88 was... Um, yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't know what that was. It's like sort of a second-hand car salesman it, yeah, yeah, kind of vibe, yeah, it was, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was, comes from out of nowhere. It was weird. When I, had a, I had a tie on, I think, and a shirt. Yeah. And the perm. So the, the haircuts, um, every uh, other actor gets to go and have a nice haircut done by the costume department, at uh, the hair department, the makeup department. Um, very nice, you know, gets done. I get that. I get to go and sit down with Catherine and, 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 and people from the uh, hair and makeup. Peter, cut my hair, nice, lovely. Then Shane comes in with a pair of clippers every fucking time <laughs> and just destroys it a bit. Like that's, <laughs> like, because Shane always says, I want everyone to look like they've put all the money into it and they've gone and got it done and I want Gadget to look like he's got his auntie to do it. And that's that's how it, I think Shane's sister was a hairdresser back in the day. So he's like, I want, I want, that's, that's where Shane's going to get his hair cut. Um, from his sister so we, yeah, yeah. there's elements of Gadget I think there's elements of Shane obviously Sean is Shane from it's, it's all taken from, from Shane's life but there is a f- I think a few elements of Shane that he passes to Gadget and, nice. and stuff like that I think he's like his sister used to cut his hair and stuff so it, he, he, lo- he always looked a bit naff but you know what Sean so that's passed on to Gadget which is I love I love that you know playing the, the naffness of it all a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
tell me about Shane because he's so funny. Like I've never met the guy, but there's particularly the film that he did with Paddy, the Scorsese and Ladonk project, yeah. where you really see his sense of humour coming out, and he's like laughing, falling over whilst filming. And yeah, you can just tell, and from the dialogue and stuff that he's obviously helped create for mm-hmm. all the films he's done. There's there's definite humour in there. Yeah, but then obviously there's this kind of dark undertow as well what's I guess his character he's he's a genius like I said before you know he's always thinking you know 20 steps ahead Um, he's a big practical joker you'd never know with Shane when he's telling you something truthful or especially in my case in getting Gadget's case he's, he's trying to get a different reaction out of you so there's elements there's, there's a bit in the film for instance where we're smashing up the houses and stuff we go on that mad day out where we're all, I've got all the bags and that and there's a bit where he's, he came over to me and he went right okay so get stuff out of the bag uh, and then just run to your right go, you, you three are going that way and the, and the other three are going that way so I was like oh yeah cool I was the only one he told to run that way so when you see that shot I kind of run off kind of oh, backtrack and then go and follow the others because he knew that I would he knew that I wouldn't just carry on on my own I think um, but yeah, no, he is. His, his character is very much like say he's, 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 he knows what he's doing immensely, um, and he's he's very very good at it, um, and he's he's just a lovely bloke as well. Like yeah. uh, you know, a lot of just super caring and yeah, yeah. He's 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 definitely an actor's director. You know, he he, he will spend as much time with you as possible to get to get that. So it's never really. I've never really done it on any other job, really. How he kind of goes about a scene is he'll get the actors in, just him and the actors, and he'll go on the set and he'll he'll go right, okay, let's let just go. He'll just say, just go, do what do what you want, and we'll do the scene kind of semi scripted, but you know we'll improvise around it, and then where at the end he'll go right, okay, keep that, keep that, keep that, keep that, don't do that. Uh, maybe say this, da da da. Right, go again. And then we'll do it again, and then he'll be like, "Right, yeah, brilliant, okay." Then he'll bring the camera crew in, uh, and 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 the rest of the guys to kind of who need to be there to come and watch it. And yeah, it'll go from there then. So, and then you'll always hear him, especially again with gadget. You'll always hear him wherever he's sat. Just go, <laughs> say this, gadget, and and just throw like little things in there. You know what I mean? So he's he's always thinking. He's he's uh, he's he's um, yeah. He's top. Just a joy to work with. He's an absolute pleasure to work with. Yeah, you know, to a point, like, say, sometimes you're genuinely like, is he being real? Have I got to do that? He puts you on the spot a bit where you're like, fuck's sake, I don't know whether to... I don't know if he's, he's pulling my leg here. Tell me about the... Going back to it, the sex scene with, with Stephen's real-life Oh, partner. yeah, with, with Hannah. Was he, was he winding you up with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I say, a few of the first ones were, were a different direct, but, the, yeah, the um, the ones that I did with Shane, yeah, definitely. I think there was one where... Um, I was. It was on a, a deck chair, and the deck chair fell through. I can't remember if it made it into the thing, but there was one point where, because you have like a modesty sock um, covering your, your your bits, and um, it fell off at one point, and I, I thought, oh, he's not shouted stop, so I just carried on, and then afterwards he was like, why didn't you stop? And I was like, we well, didn't fucking say cut. And he was like, I wanted to see how long you got. I was like, fucking that. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just bonkers. Like he's um. Yeah, I think I, he's always up for a laugh, but then obviously, you know, the, as with the show and the film, like it, it's an emotional roller coaster in each one. So it, there's there's the highs and then there's the lows. And does he really take that on as well? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Like, um, 
when you know when um, the filming them scenes. Do you know what I mean? Not to really not get in the way, but just to, just to leave them to it. Really, I remember when we did eighty six, and we, we all lived in the same block of flats with these brand new beautiful flats in in the middle of well on the outskirts of Sheffield, and um, we'd all gone out one night. Would you go out a lot and just every have it night? Large? That was that was my a lot of my mates were like students and that, and I never went to uni. And, you know, like, they're all like, oh, yeah, like, it was great, a year of drinking. I was like, yeah, I did that year of drinking in, like, three months, doing 88, 86. <laughs> um, it was crazy, mate. Like Because I guess we, you're all then adults, are you? We Ish, were, was, yeah. Was I think Tomo was the youngest, and he would have been 18. I was 19. Um, and we, we so went... So you could all go out, yeah, and you all did. And we all very much <laughs> did. It got to a point where um, we we got threatened to, like, Shane and that were going to kick us out of the flats because it was, it was round when we, they were filming the sort of lol and the dad stuff. And um, we'd gone out one night and we'd come back and Shane and Mark, like, we'd woke them up. And then, um, fucking hell, it's, it's horrible now, but it was, I mean, it's funny now, but it was horrible at the time. So we'd gone out this night and we'd, we'd been told, look, like, don't take the piss. Like, you're, you're being loud and all that. This is your last warning now. Do not take the piss. So we went out this one night and... You know, obviously, we're all young and having a laugh, so took a few girls back to the flats, like, come and look at our dead nice flats, and, yeah, we're all there partying, music's pumping, everyone's having a drink, having a good time. All of a sudden, the door goes, I'm stood in this room, in the living room of our flat with these girls, like, oh, yeah, chatting away. One of them's like, oh, I'm a film student, what's um, Shane Meadows like? This is early on, oh, yeah, lovely bloke, dead nice, chatting away. Shane and Mark walk in, faces like thunder, literally looking like they could kill us, and rightly fucking so, man, we took the piss. Um, and he, yeah, it just, it just, it wasn't pleasant. And then he kind of just walks in. He's like, "Yeah, Gadge." Like, "Yeah, I Shane, you're right." He's like, "Yeah, we have a word," and got everyone like to the front door just to have a word. And then he left the room, and these girls went, "Oh my God, is that Shane Meadows? Do you think I can get a picture?" And I went, "No, no, 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 not now, not now." No. Not now. <laughs> went and he, he basically, yeah, he, he gave us a, a stern warning. And then the next day, I woke up with Tomo on the end of my bed because me and him shared a flat, <laughs> and he was sat on the end of my bed like the little leprechaun that he is. I was like, what's, what's the matter, mate? He went, we've, we've got, to, got to pack our cases, mate. It's like, what? It's like, yeah, we've, um, they're putting us in a B&B and for the days that we're not filming, we've got to go home. And it was like the worst news. It was like Christmas had been cancelled. Luckily, he'd give us, he'd give us a, a last, last chance and we sort of behaved from then, then on. But it was crazy, man. Like I say, we were 18, 19, you know. As you we say, had, you hadn't been to uni. I imagine Tom, I hadn't Exactly, either. yeah. None of us have been to uni and stuff, you know. We were doing this amazing thing. We were getting paid good money. We had per diems. We were spending it on beer. And, you know, every couple of days it was like, phone jacker came out with us one night. You know, and... We, he's we, a good dude, He's an he? amazing man. He's such a bloke. You know, one night we sat there with him and um, we're all sat just having a laugh in the flat, having a drink. And he went, should we do some prank calls? Oh, yes, that, absolutely. That is, that is the dream, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely we should do prank calls. You know, we, we had Ian Brown round. We were wrestling with him. Like, it was like a little thing that we had where to you initiate you into the gang, up. you had to wrestle. And fucking wrestling Ian Brown in the middle of my flat in Sheffield, like, as a young lad from Manchester, like, that's that's just mental. That's a dream. Um, so it was crazy, man. We lived it up, um, which I'm glad we did to, to that extent. Like, we had a good time. And then when we went back and done um, 88, they put us in hotels. <laughs> they were like, they yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But it was only a small shoot, that. Um especially for the gangs. We weren't in it that much. It was mainly sort of lols, you know, dealing with, with, with what had happened in 86. Um, and then when we went did, did 90, um, 
obviously read the scripts and was like, well, you know, Gadget's got quite a lot in this now with Kelly and all that stuff. And my agent kind of rang me and was like, yeah, okay, so um, you'll be staying in the whatever hotel. And, and I was like, oh, what, they're not, are they not putting us um, like up in flats and that? Because I've got quite a lot. It'd be nice to just have a base. Obviously, my missus is pregnant as well. It'd be nice somewhere. And my agent was like, after 86, I don't think that's going to happen again, to be honest with you, Andy. I was like, yeah, fair play, fair play. I don't blame him. Like, thought you are going to have one last hoorah. Um, I guess we should... I want to very quickly mention those two hilarious, like even more than your character, comedic relief, Flip and... Yeah, What's man. the other guy's name? Flip and Higgy. Flip and Higgy. And yeah. obviously that... Perry and uh, Joe. Hib- Higgy is now in Game of Thrones, isn't he? He is, man. Yeah, he's, uh, he's quite the a bastard th- son of... Yeah. Um, what's his face, isn't he? The kid, the, Robert Baratheon. Robert Baratheon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. He's, Those two are hilarious, They are they? frigging brilliant. Perry is absolutely... He's a genius, that bloke. Like, he's so fucking funny. And Joe, the same, man. Again, that was another one, like... Um, oh, at, at the time of 86, <laughs> like... Fuck you know, off with your ginger chips, Fuck chip, off Sean. with your ginger chips, Sean. <laughs> um, they, yeah, I mean... What they did with that character, the best scene for me is when they're sat in Gemma's house and... Um, yes. Who'd sit in that chair or something like that? Do you know what I mean? Why's that plank got its own rug? And then, yeah, and then it's Joe goes, what gets me, mate? Who'd sit in that chair there? And it's fucking brilliant. But yeah, Joe, Joe um, uh, Dempsey was another one for me. Like, um, it, it, I, I sort of went through my college years watching Skins and wanting to be his character from Skins, Chris from Skins. He was the coolest guy in the world and when he came on thingy I was like it, it was it was the same as me meeting Ian Brown it was really? the same yeah it. yeah honestly mate like I actually said it to I was like, look I'm gonna get this out of the way I was like I fucking love you mate I, like, I loved you in skins I wanted to be you when I was in college I literally all your bright outfits and partying all the time like that was me in, I was I was mimicking and it, he's such a top bloke Joe as well like he's so humble and because the guy's the guy's doing some amazing, amazing things, especially now, like say with Thrones and stuff like that. He actually, I think he was auditioning for that while we were doing eighty eight. I want to say. Wow, and that's how long him, Game of Thrones has now been going. I guess. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And he was telling us he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing this thing called Game of Thrones. Have you heard of it?" And I was like, "Nah, not really." And and he was saying, "Yeah, like playing this." And he told us the kind of. The outcome of, of what you found out now, like he was like, yeah, I'm like the bastard son of the king, so it might come that like I might have a claim to the throne and all that, um, which is brilliant, man, because I love Game of Thrones now as well, so I had that little insider scoop. But no, he's a lovely bloke. Perry Fitzpatrick as well. Fucking great bloke. Um, is, <laughs> it, weirdly enough, is... Um, Are they sort of based, because obviously they're like, I guess what you would now call the chavs mm. in, in 86, but then they just become this weird shell suit, like... yeah. Almost like the two guys in Hot Fuzz, yeah, aren't yeah. they? Like a comedic double act. Yeah, I don't know what they eighties like, cop yeah, duo. Yeah, it's very Miami Vice in it. It's very Sheffield Vice look. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're meant to be. Again, I think, I think what Shane does is he, is he puts the characters over over like you say fashion and stuff like with gadget. He's like, yeah, he'd get into hip hop and he'd do this because he's that kind of guy. He's just whatever trend comes through, gadget wants to jump on it. Probably why he was a skinhead in the film. Yeah, a couple of weeks before, he was probably a mod. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just happened to catch him at that time, 
And with them two, it's like, yeah, they just do their own fucking thing, don't they? You know what I mean? Like in in ninety, like you say, they just you don't. What are they? The drug dealers. We <laughs> get that. But they're listening to like eighties hair oh, no, metal. They're not drug dealers. They're buying off us. Um, yeah, they're listening to like rock metal, like yeah, yeah. like yeah, like glam metal and all that. <laughs> thinking it's dead cool. Um, thinking everyone else is just fucking weird. When yeah. it, it, you know, in in there, in actual fact, it's they're the weirdos. But that scene on the pool table, man, incredible, that's so funny. And the one outside, um, the one outside the flat. Uh, with Harvey, like, yeah. oh, buying weed. Yeah. Like, Perry again, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to buy 50p's worth. <laughs> it don't really work like that, mate. No, if I buy it now, I'll just give you back tomorrow if I don't use it. I'm like, just going to sniff it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sniff banging. It's <laughs> massive in the States. Like, sniff banging and that, like, I think I think that was just, again, Perry and Shane just sat there, just coming up with, like, random ideas of, Amazing. of where, where these absolute idiots can, can come from. Let's yeah. talk about. I just want to wrap up this as England quickly by talking about the the wedding scene. Was that the last thing you all shot? Yes, yes. Yeah. So the the wedding uh, reception yeah. was the last scene on. Uh, we went back and did like pickups. Yeah, but, um, but when the you're last, all, the last together, time you're all together, yeah, man, that must have been because I always remember when I was a kid, I used to watch all the DVD extra features yeah, on, yeah. on the films that I bought, and the Lord of the Rings one always really hit me because you know that was a similar sort of thing, I guess, on a bit more of a you know, intense scale, mm. but you're with all these people over the course of however many years you grow up with them, yeah, come yeah. up together, and then they're all saying how, like, that last scene that you all do together is just, like, crushing, heartbreaking. Yeah, man, it was. Cause cause... The end of an absolute era of your life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was, it was, was exactly that. You know, we, we I was 14 when I got the part, 15, you know, when, when we filmed, um, taking my GCSEs on set. Um, and stuff like that. When we did Night Air, I was about to become a father. So I'd, I'd, I'd grown up, my life had gone through so many stages personally, and so had gadgets. Um, and so has everyone, you know, I, we all know each other very well, especially from doing the TV show. Like, we, we, we see each other all the time, you know, not all the time, but we, we try and stay in touch, obviously, as much as possible. And we're good pals, we're good friends, and that end scene you know where we're all dancing that was the last thing that was shot where we're all dancing at the um i was gonna say wake then at the uh it was a wake it felt like a wake yeah um at the the reception. reception yeah and yeah shane and mark came in like cut and then kind of did a speech and was just saying like this is this is the the, the summit summit different and hopefully we'll do that like, it was bittersweet because we were like this is the last one and then shane and mark were like you know we might do another one. We don't know. And it was like, oh, come on, do it, do it. So I think there's, I think there's possibly another one in the can. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's one there. Hopefully. Ninety-two. Would it be? I would don't it be, know. Would it be I think it'd probably totally be a, different. It's been four years now, hasn't it? So I reckon maybe if it's soon, it could be ninety-four. You try and do it round like football, don't they? Each one yeah, sort of yeah. around a, a, a World Cup in the background or or a war in the <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Um, bit different. Um, so yeah, hopefully, like I'd love to do another one. Um, just, just because it's there's nothing else like it. There's no other job I've done anyway that has, and a, and a lot of actors say this, you know, such a family. But you know, we we are we are a family. Like when we're on set, we we're in each other's pockets. We're probably money off each other. We're, you know, staying over at each other's houses, and you know, we become a unit. And it's it, I've never never experienced that before, and probably never will again on any other job. Yeah, I think it's so unique, isn't it? I think there's so few projects that offer you that because it's the the revisiting. Yeah. You know, when you just do like a film, obviously it's, you know, it's a quite a short burst of 
in and out yeah and then it's done isn't it but when you keep revisiting a project every few years it's like you know reunions regularly yeah, exactly yeah yeah it is it's, it is like a reunion it's like seeing it's like going and seeing your schoolmates again um or something like that um and you just beautiful. went you went out on uh sean's stag do didn't you recently i did i did, <laughs> did. we went Little to benadorm that's hilarious isn't oh, it? i man. mean how old was he in the film in the film i think he was 30 he's, he's a year younger year and a bit younger than me right i think he was 13 when we filmed it and i was just turned 15 um, so you're a dad. He's getting married. Yeah, I got married Benidorm. last year. He was one of my groomsmen. Like Love it's, it. it's uh, yeah, yeah. We went off to Benidorm for his stag. He <laughs> was about thirty odd of us. I saw so, some pictures. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. Mate. It was it was mental. We went out one night in drag, uh, one night in like shit shirts. Like <laughs> it, it was proper Benidorm. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And and Tomo's like that again. Going back to like we said before, you know. It'd be so easy for Tombo to have his stag in like Marbella, you know, and we'd go and, you know, drink champagne on a yacht and have a laugh and that. But that's just not my nor Tomo's kind of stick. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He's like, nah, I'm going to go to Benadorm with the lads. It's going to be proper cheesy. It's going to be proper like, you know, it was Benadorm. It was very, very Benadorm. <laughs> his mates made it very, very Benadorm. Like it was, it was, it was great. It was crazy at times. I'll bet. Um, you know, it was it was madness, but yeah, it was brilliant. And let's talk about the podcast. Overrated everything. Yeah, man. Which yeah. by the time this goes out, it will be live on all platforms. Yeah, it should be. So if I don't iTunes, balls it Acast. Up again. Yeah. Um, the premise. Tell me about the premise, and then some of the guests that you've already done, and then perhaps others that you might have yeah, lined up. Yeah. So basically, the premise is um, we we don't want to do a straight interview thing because you do this, and and there's a couple that do it, and that's that's amazing. You guys do it very fucking well, and that's that's great. Um, and me and Tomo like. We, I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while now because I, I love him, me. I love him. Um, and I just came up with this idea randomly and I said to Tom, I was like, we should do a podcast. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like listening to them. And I was like, look, I've got this idea of um, someone comes on with a subject that they hate, but everyone else seems to like. And I went, like me, I'd say football. I don't get it. And he's like, what? Fucking what? Like football? You would And we had a, an hour's chat just sat in a pub before going and doing a DJ set about that and I was like yeah there's something in this this could work this um, especially as you say if people are picking topics which are otherwise so universally yeah, exactly. accepted and cherished and yeah. you're like the one odd one out that's like nah I just don't get it exactly because it, what it does is it allows the audience to have a, a view on it some people might you know with football for instance there's a lot of people that don't like it but there's a lot a of people that would people fight <laughs> fight actually fight <laughs> and kick out of each other <laughs> for a fucking team for a bunch of blokes who were getting paid stupid amount of money to kick a bag of air around. Like, <laughs> that's how I see it. Yeah, when you break it's, it down It's crazy. Like that. I mean, I'm not massive into sport anyway. But yeah, that's it. So, you know, people can come on with any premise they want. We let them pick, you know, and it, and it varies. So the first guest that we had was Kieran Griffiths, who's a friend of ours. Uh, he was in Shameless, played Mickey Maguire. Um, his subject was technology, which is very universal. There's, there's people who love it. I'm a bit of a... Uh, techno buff but then there is a part of me that is a bit like oh I'm a bit of a technophobe as well so it's, it appeals to, to everyone really um, the next guest uh, is a friend of mine who runs uh, rap battle leagues he's a rap battler uh, called Lewis Bison Briggs um, and his subject was Biggie Smalls is overrated which to Biggie me Biggie Smalls is overrated overrated wow. yeah it's not as good as people and he's obviously to. informed on that subject because he he's a rapper yeah he's, he's a it. rapper he's, he's a rap battler you know and, Interesting. and he came with a great argument you know he, he he had some good stuff to say and I at first was like nah fuck off mate like you know I, I grew up on Tupac 
then as I got older, I was like, oh, Biggie, man, like, wow, and and started listening to him more. Um, so yeah, uh, them two were done in the can. We them they they were they were recorded months ago now, and it's just been trying to get get everything ready for them. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, me and Tomo went interviewed Stephen Graham. Love it. Uh, which is which is going to be a good one. I'll bet. Um, fine dining was his. was his. Yeah, which was good. <laughs> which was good because some of the subjects were like the more random the with, better. Yeah, we agree with. We're like, yeah, actually, fine dining is a bit shit, but that's fine. Like, we're not trying to. I think at the beginning, the first two episodes, we're trying to change the mind. Yeah, so but you then, wanted the the debate element. Yeah, we wanted to go. No, here's some facts. Let's try and change your minds. But then, like, you know, sometimes you can't do that, and it, and it's great. But just it's just a nice chat, and similar with your show, like it can go anywhere. You know, we start with a topic. We can go into whatever. You're obviously going to be talking to Stephen about your memories and yeah, yeah. There's of bits of that. Together, yeah, yeah. We don't. Yeah. We're not really. You know, you don't want it to be the This Is England podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. one thing we want to try and stay away from. Is it's yeah, it is. You know, Tomo and Gadge, but it's that's Sean and Gadge, but it's it's Tomo and Andy. Um, <laughs> Gets confusing. It's hard because they all call me Gadge. Anyway. He was telling me, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Tomo has to make an effort. Um, and in the first Does two he episodes, call you Andy in the podcast. He calls me Andy, he calls in, the podcast, Andy in the podcast, which is weird to hear. Yeah, is it's it? like when your mum calls you your, Andrew? your nickname. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like my mum called me Andy. It'd be weird. It's Andrew, mum. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, so he had to make a conscious effort in the first two to call me Andy. And then of course, when we went and sat with Steve and Gray, and Steve was like, "Hi, Gadge, how's it going, mate?" Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? So it just went out the window, and that's fine, man. Like, it's very open and, and free anyway. Uh, we interviewed uh, John McClaw from Reverend and the Makers. Great. Uh, which was a great interview. We went over to his um, his studio in Sheffield. He just finished uh, recording, which was cool. So we sat and watched him record a bit for his for his new uh, demos, um, and then just sat with him and had a chat. His subject um, was sort of the Americanization and like shortening of words that don't need it. So you know, like when people say flashlight or video games gets to me, the fucking computer games. They always have been. Video games, it's so American. Yeah. It, it offends me. And uh, yeah, it was great. But that chat was great. But that went everywhere, man. He started telling us about um, his fear of flying, he, everything. It just, what we don't tend to do, which again is because like podcasts like yourselves, smash it anyway, is talk about career or where they grew up or anything like that. Because other people do that and that's yeah. fine. Like, you know, John's done a two shot podcast or whatever. And, you know, Dave spoke about that. That's great. We just wanted to have a chat, you know, a nice kind of bantery chat with him. I hate that word, banter. Um, it's been appropriated by the wrong kind of people. It has, yeah. Why it has, posh but, students yeah, who are exactly. all bounce pants. But, you know, most of the guests that we get, so, <laughs> so especially at the beginning now, like me and Tomo kind of reached out to our friends and that. Um, so I guess a lot of the time they won't even necessarily be like <laughs> a, a celebrity guest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you say, like Lewis uh, Briggs, I mean, he's big in, in the world that he's, you know, yeah. if, if you're in the rap battle world, you know who he is. Um, he runs a league. Um, and stuff like that but other than that he probably won't but he's fucking min he's got such good stories to tell do you know what I mean he's you know his best mates with a um, an artist called Shotty Horror who is pretty big at the minute or just about to blow up um, signed with Sony and he's just got some interesting stories to tell but yeah we want our interview you know just interesting people at the minute most of the ones that we lined up, they are kind of actors and stuff like that. But that's just because, you know, we're reaching out to people that we know and we well, want to get it off the ground. Pool, exactly, it? Yeah. exactly. So we've got some good ones lined up. Tomo's uh, messaged me the day. We've got Paddy McGuinness lined up, which is amazing. Amazing. Um, Gemma Whelan, who plays Yara Greyjoy. So that'll be very interesting uh, in Game of Thrones. Um, so let's Clint talk Boone. about Game of Thrones real quick. Yeah. Man. Who's your favourite character? Um, oh, that's a tough one, that. That is a tough one. Favourite character in Game of Thrones? 
Or perhaps Daenerys, the one you're most rooting for. Daenerys, Daenerys yeah? I think, yeah, I mean, she's beautiful, isn't she? Like... What, if you talk about character and arc and journey as well. Oh, mate, yeah, mate. Like, she's such a badass. And again, such a, you know, role model. Fucking powerful female role model. Because at the beginning, you know, she's been sold by a brother and yeah. forced to do this and that. And it's like, the, the you know, that stereotypical kind of woman role within that universe of medieval stuff. And then, bam, it just switches. And she's just a boss-ass bitch, isn't she, basically? <laughs> like, she is... And like I say, she's just amazing, man. Like, props to her. Um, what's her name now? Her name's completely gone out of my head. I love Arya. Arya, yeah. Again, again. Arya Stark, man. She's just the most, like... <laughs> I don't know whether I've ever seen a show where a character has gone from such, like, a little unassuming, yeah. unthreatening... Like, she was always cheeky and kind of fun and likable... But she's like literally a, a brat yeah. kid, isn't she, to yeah, begin with? Yeah, yeah. And then already now, and God knows what's going to go down in this last season, she's but when, just... when she takes out that wedding party yeah. like and pulls off the mask. With the pie, yeah. yeah. She gives him yeah. the pie, does she? Oh, mate. So good. Yeah, probably her as well. She, she's up there. But I love, I love Game of Thrones. For me, um... it's great. And anybody who's put off by the fantasy element obviously fails to see the Shakespearean kind of Jacobean yeah. levels of betrayal and yeah, political yeah. intrigue and exactly that. I mean, my familial miss, betrayal. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's much more than just a, you know a fantasy show. And, uh, my missus isn't into anything like that. She doesn't right. watch any of the Marvel. She's not into anything kind of fantasy or sci-fi or anything. So you're solo, and, are you? He's oh no, no, no. This was to say. So for my uh, it was like my twenty fifth birthday. Um, I had a Game of Thrones theme party. Everyone dressed up. We did it in my garden. I made like I went all out. I made like blood pie, like black pudding pie, and big stews and all that. Like I went all out. Um, I went as Cal Drogo. My missus went as. Um, <laughs> you got Cleese. a picture of that? Uh, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, will. Um, my little girl. We got her a little dragon outfit. Like it was. It was cool, man. Everyone made a great effort. And afterwards, my, my missus was like, "Oh, I should watch it now, shouldn't?" And I went, "Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah like let's let's watch it." And she fucking loves it. Loves it now and yeah exactly that if you ever put off by fantasy or whatever give it a go man because it's not it's not there's not especially in the first series there's not that much kind of fantasy elements no that kind of comes in later on doesn't it with the with the white walkers and the yeah, magic yeah. coming in that but it's um nah, i really like it it's, it's weird in it because it's if you like gladiator <clears throat> yeah. i would say then check it out you know it doesn't even need to be fantasy based but it's definitely in that kind of old yeah ancient historic epic world yeah exactly and and i guess if you like you know deep sort of well built universes like harry potter and things like that like just go far beyond what's in the books and yeah. far beyond what's on the screen like you know it's such a rich universe that like they're making spin up uh, spin-offs of it next time are they really yeah so when they say they're going to milk it for all it's worth well but, yeah mate, but, I'm, but I'm, as you say it's so vast and deep and yeah exactly there's loads of stories like each you know each um when they mention a story i think on on the show or in the book that that story probably exists i think he's wrote it and um, which is pretty cool so yeah that'd be good and they're running out of northern actors on it so you know these spin-offs need some some fresh northern actors <laughs> and i'm biting for a go oh out. yeah oh mate, putting the word it. out yeah i auditioned for it couple of years ago did you yeah yeah didn't get it which part or would you, would you um, rather not say no no it's fine um it was for it originally because they keep it all dead it's one of them mate it's mission impossible you get like four days with that script and then that script self-destructs just deletes itself from obvious reasons 
Um, what I, do you have to say when you go to the offices wherever? Because is you it have like to a sign code a disclaimer, word? Yeah. Um, before they give you the script, saying like you're obviously not going to talk about it beforehand and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's all very secretive. The script has your did you do that a lot anyway? Script has your name kind of um, what's the word watermarked on it. Um, so if you drop, if you leave that script, then you balls. Um, I don't even think you could print it. You know, I don't, I don't even think you could have printed it. I think it was on your computer or your phone. That was it. And then it self-destructs, like I say. Um, and then yeah, so it was for um, it was in the last series, and it was a gate guard that Arya actually. It's a Stark gate guard, but in the script, or like the the girl's name, Arya's name was like changed to something. I think it is was it when she's trying to get Greyjoy. back in the castle and it's the two yes. guys yeah the two gate guards yes yeah. so it's a very small quick scene and I know the actor who got it and he's fucking great anyway yeah, so it's all good uh, it was really good um, and yeah sometimes I'd love to do it but then sometimes you kind of like I just want to watch it as a, as a fan of it do you know what I mean because you're so entrenched in it now yeah it's yeah. a world to me that like do you know what I mean like I've, I've worked with a couple of people out of it who've been in it and stuff and I know a few people who who were in it um, and it's uh yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes to separate them. Obviously, the great actors, and you can easily. You know, when I'm watching Joe Dempsey as... Um, what's his character's name now? It's gone. I think they just call him the bastard, don't they? Yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah. know. Yeah, the bastard. As you're watching it, you know, you're not watching Joe Dempsey. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, it is good, but yeah, I'd love to... I think just... I think one of my mates who, who, who was on it said, like, the sets are, like, you know, real. Like, if they've got a pig roasting on a fire like it's a real pig roasting on a fire and like you know when they've cut like they'll, they'll serve it up at lunch and stuff I like that me I think it's like authenticity yeah man yeah and the John Bradley West is from the same town as you he is yeah he went blows to, uh, my mind yeah it's crazy isn't it two, two lads from Wivenshaw um, similar kind of kind of lads as well aren't we both kind of would go for the same parts I guess um, very similar taste in music and he, he's have all we? into Happy Monday, Stone Roses, nice. yeah, yeah, all nice. of that stuff. Well, Manchester, yeah. I mean, I think, you, I think it's kind of, as much as I said it earlier on, you know, I'm not really proud of, of, I am proud of where I'm from, but I'm not, you know, um, it's not necessarily a thing. But I think as a, as a Mancunian, yeah, you, you, you have that kind of, especially growing up in the, the early 90s and that, You've, you know, Stone Roses, Oasis, I suppose, later on, the Happy Mondays, in Spirals, the Smiths. Manchester's got such a rich music scene, it's hard not to listen to it, I guess. And be proud of it. And be proud of it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's about to, it's about to kick off again. There's some great up-and-coming the artists. The Blinders, dude, you heard them? Yeah, nah, really not good much band. Them, no, good. Cabbage, from yeah, sort cabbage, of around yeah, here, cabbage, operating great, around yeah. here, really good. Yeah, yeah, man. It's yeah. coming back. Yeah, it's coming home. Definitely. But yeah, John's a nice lad. I've only met him once. Um, got a couple of mates in common, uh, mutual friends. He was in the year above me at a different high school. Uh, I think he went to the to the Catholic high school near me, St. Paul's. Um, and yeah, yeah, I've met him a couple of times. Um, and he's a nice lad, yeah, John. Yeah, he's a nice lad. Yeah. Do you have a website or anything like that? Because I'm led to believe that you make short films and things like that too right i do yeah do so you have sort of a one-stop shop where people can go and check out your no not the minute basically work? i started a production company called northern lads productions with a couple of lads about got about eight years ago now Um we started doing bits we did some really cool stuff we had idris elba direct one of our um music videos that we produced which nice. was amazing which which band was it for uh they're called the last party yeah yeah the, the, um so that was good but then um, I ended up having a little learn and working a bit more. One of the other lads, Sean Ward, he ended up getting Coronation Street and working quite a lot. Jamie Shelton, he ended up getting 
Emmerdale and working quite a lot and then he had a little and so we kind of sort of drifted apart a bit we're kind of doing bits now but I've just started a new production company uh, called Odd Draw Digital um, and yeah so nothing probably possibly by the time this goes out if you, you have a look at Odd Draw Digital um, I'm sure there'll be a website up and running and stuff we've got some cool projects lined up with them um, just want to get back into it now really I bet. start making my own stuff I've been working for uh, Unilad for a while as, as uh, a writer and kind of director producer there kind of headed up their comedy originals um, stuff um, but yeah I'm just itching to get doing my own stuff now with the podcast coming out and stuff like that it's like right I just love being creative creative and busy and creative I guess and busy, yeah. you're obviously a fan of the craft of acting but it yeah. seems like you're involved in the whole thing from the writing to the shooting to the editing like it seems like that is kind of where you're at home right yeah it's man I mean I fell in love within with the creative industry yeah I fell in love with it through Shane you know watching yeah. watching, watching Shane how he works you know because um, he's like I say, he's very much an actor's director and watching his earlier stuff like um, Shane's World have you seen that no it's got a uh, short it's on YouTube I think Shane's World um and it's just him and his mates sticking about with cameras, making little short films. If you watch it now, it's like Olivia Coleman and Paddy and stuff like that. But back then, you'd watch it and go, oh, these these are just Shane's mates. And it's fucking brilliant. Um, and then as soon as we finished doing this as England, um, my dad got me a digital camera, little tiny little webcam thing back in fucking 2005. And me and my mates was like, right, we're going to make a film. So me and my mates started making a short film. Um, literally duct taping it to curtains so we could get the angles and stuff like that because didn't have a tripod didn't know what a tripod was or anything like that and then the more I was doing acting the more I didn't I was thinking I don't understand what they're saying like that camera guy's saying something about a lens or something I don't get it he's just saying numbers and I wanted to learn it so I went and did uh, like a filmmaking course at college um, did that for a couple of years me and my mate and just fell in love with that side of it really it's nice to know both sides of it I guess for me because when you're acting you know it, it's it's so different from doing say theatre or something like that because you have got to stand somewhere and say something at a certain time you've got to hit a mark and say it and that so to understand why you've got to do that helps you understand it helps you do it better do you know what of I mean? course yeah, yeah 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 it's like you know working in a bar for instance and not understanding the different types of ale or do you know what I mean you've, I think you've got to go right okay well this one's a light ale and this one's a dark ale it's the same with that you know with every kind of walk of life you've got to kind of go you've got to understand it all I think anyway that's personally for me I don't know I, I absolutely agree and I think that um, the more you do know then the more you can apply that knowledge of area A to area B and vice versa yeah right? man yeah exactly exactly like if you're a, if you're an actor I think you're probably going to be a better director because you understand yeah, I mean, the Acting. way me and my kind of co-director, Jamie, work is he's very much technical and I'm very much uh, an actor's director, like I say, because I've, I've come from the school of Meadows, do you know what I mean? So, um, and, I, and I'm an actor myself, so it's, yeah, exactly that. You, you, you can, as an actor, I guess, you know where you'd reach to get to a certain point. So you can sit with another actor and go, right, what about, you know, think about this or... You know, and, and Shane does that so well, and, and it's applying that. Do you know what I mean? Like, think about this. Think about the time that this happened, or have you ever had this done to you, or whatever, and put that in this character's, you know, eyes through his eyes and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it does help, and it's it's great, and and it's good just to stay creative, man. Like, I, you know, Amen. I did keep you out of trouble as well, didn't exactly. it? Exactly. I guess you've got a daughter to do well, that. Well, yeah, well. exactly. I've got that now. <laughs> but no, like you know what. 
did this as England the film at 15 obviously came out of that did some like proper jobs as I call them like, you know worked in a supermarket worked at a call centre and it, it's great you know and, and people who do that fucking fair play to them and say I've done it myself um, but for me, it's important to remain creative. So if I'm not getting acting jobs and I'm sat in a call centre, I'm going out of the weekend and I'm making my own stuff for any nothing more really than my sanity. Because yeah. the minute I stop doing that and get comfortable at the call centre, which you can, and I've been tempted to in the past because you're earning money, you've got kids to feed now, you've got a wife, you, you know, things like that. It's very easy to go, you know what, I'm on decent wage here, get my weekends off with my kids, can take them away on holiday. Mint, that's great. But if you don't keep that creative flair going, then for me personally anyway, it can get me in some spirals, man. Do you know what I mean? You've got to go, right, I'm going out the weekend. I'm just going to take a camera out. I'm just going to dick about with my mates or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And it's so easy to do now for anyone who, who wants to do it. Like, you've got a, a high-definition camera on your, in your pocket now. Didn't have that when I was... Well, did, because my dad got me this webcam, but... Do you know what I mean? Like, you can make a film on your iPhone, like, do it. Do yeah, I mean? with Don't... iMovie as well. Nuts. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. It won't be the, the most best amazing quality, no. but it's summer. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's your creation down on a... It's better than what they had, you know, 30 years ago, for instance. On film sets in on some f- cases. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's well better. When we did this as England, it was it was, um, cine- it was uh, film, actual yeah. film, which was, yeah, really beautiful look, but... It's a ball ache to work with. Every you're getting right into a scene, it's like right, the film's gone. Just hold it there. Right, let's go from here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you clearly got into everything for the love of the craft, yeah, as opposed man. to wanting to get famous. Yeah, never got that. Never got anyone who who who, who wants to be famous. Really, it's nice when people recognise you for good stuff that you've done yep. don't get me wrong it's lovely people genuinely walking here then there's a guy doing charity stuff for UNICEF and he stopped me I was like oh mate I've got a gun he's like no 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 like you gadget and I was like oh yeah mate, you're right. Like, I thought he was stopping <laughs> me to, to give him some money but obviously I was in a rush <laughs> your gadget yeah yeah yes, I was like I am. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but it's nice like it is nice um, but yeah nah I've never got why anyone would want to be known for being known you know like yeah uh, reality tv stars or anything like that i don't really understand it um it has its perks it's nice you know people people give you nice things i guess you know um you know i've, I've not really had to buy trainers for the past five years because scott's will be like oh mate here's some trainers like yeah man like i'd love me trainers you know what I mean? thank you very much that's amazing but why? the perks of the yeah, job yeah, it's nice yeah. yeah you get that but nah i do it mate um because i love it I, and i can't I always call it, because um, my missus, she's a nurse, so she kind of gets it now, but when we were kind of early on in our relationship, she didn't quite understand why I'd go and work for a month for, for next to nothing and leave a job that I was getting paid decent money for. And I always call it, uh, if, you, if, you, if you're an actor and you're in it for, for the love of it, it's, it's, it's kind of a curse, man, because... I get that. You can't do... You can't be happy doing anything else. You can't be happy, like you say, you know, like with Unilad, uh, a couple of months back I was there full time and, you know, I, was, uh, um, I sort of settled down a bit and after a couple of hours I was like, nah, nah, I can't do this because I'm not focusing on my stuff and my stuff is important. might not, you know, make us loads of money and we might not be able to go to Disneyland next year, but... I, I know in the in the long run it's it's what makes me happy and if I'm happier 
you know, my family. You're going to be happier, a better husband, better, better father, husband, better father, and yeah, you know. What's and money ain't money? everything, is it? Nah, man, nah. As long as you know what I mean, like as long you as you can we're basically active, pay man. your bills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then exactly. everything else is a nice bonus, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it helps getting a couple of grand doing this podcast, like. But it certainly <laughs> does. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Joking, but under nah, the no, table, under the under table. The table. No, it is. It's it, happiness. You know, is 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 what you make it, man. Like I've been, like I said, been in some dark places, even recently, really, over like money issues. Like, yeah. Sometimes you get being an actor, you get offered stuff that you really don't want to do. But again, the money's there and it's acting and you're like, shudder, shudder. You know, I got offered an advert just before Christmas and it, it collectively, if I'd have took that and if I'd have got it, um, I think it would have been something like 300 grand within three years, which is fucking life-changing. That's my house paid for. That's, you know... Just for an advert? Just for a, ser- a couple of adverts, yeah. Right. But the advert was like, it was... Oh, it was like one of those ones where there's a narrative that goes on, like the old BT one. <laughs> it was basically, yeah, it was like, um, it was for like Freedom or whatever they're called, Spot Cream. And it was like, it'd be this like, it'd be like a girl looking in the mirror or going, oh no, or a guy in another one going, oh no, I've got Spot. And then the friend goes, oh, try this Freedom. And as they rub it, you go into the Spot and it's like, I'd be like this little gremlin in there going, <laughs> oh no, Freedom, <laughs> like drowning in it and... I was like, nah. I looked at it and I was like, all fair play to the guy, but it's kind of like the go compare effect or yes. the, the Harold from, yeah. from from Nat West or Halifax, whatever he's from. I guess it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because as you say, that money could change your life and then completely. you would never have to worry again. But mm. then it's like, well, if you do that and then become that guy, you've undermined this exactly. incredible... I mean, the one thing which obviously is the double-edged sword of This Is England is it's such a recognisable yeah, yeah. thing that I think perhaps some people involved in it have maybe found it difficult to distance themselves from. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm known as Gadget. You know what I mean? Like, And, and that's fine because it's such a good thing. I think... But what an amazing series yeah. and franchise to be yeah, related yeah. to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I know... Because um, it's so well respected and admired yeah. you know because of the music the clothes the storyline like it's it's credible as fuck yeah yeah, yeah 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 i mean yeah 100 percent. and i know i have probably i have definitely lost out roles um from it recently i lost out on a role and they told me it was the, this is england thing and it's like a fair do um but that outweighs how proud i am to be part of that series because it's fucking yeah it is amazing to be a part of and the fans you know the the reception it got and the fans and, and the friendships I've made doing it far outweighs me missing out on a part and stuff. But yeah, man, like you say, you know, parts come and come and go and, and, and stuff and that's that's great, but they won't ever be anything like that, I think, and that's that's worth more than any other part, I think, in the world. Unless I get to be Bond or the Doctor. There you go. Be the Doctor if, if she comes male again. <laughs> Andy, thanks so much <laughs> nice for a great one, chat, Thank dude. Thank you very much, man. Really enjoyed it. And Overrated Everything is yeah. the name of the podcast. Go check it out. It's on iTunes and Acast. Um, really enjoyed it, mate. Thank yeah, you very thank much you for very your much, time. Matt. Thank you. It's happy Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.